All right, all right, all right. It's Nicole DeBoom waiting for the Mernovator to show up. As you know, if you are listening live, this is my first ever live show. We will see what happens. Anything can happen. That's the beauty of live. (laughs) Oh my God, you're there. Hello. (laughs) Totally works. This is, I feel like a technology genius. (laughs) This is so weird. It's so cool. <laughs> People are, are are already joining. I can't even speak. It's so early here in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like 7.30 in the morning and the Mernivate is already up. No, I've, I've no. been up since 4.30, so <laughs> totally jet lagged. Oh, yeah. I remember those days. We're going to talk all about that fun stuff. But before we do... <laughs> Since this is my first ever live and we don't have my official intro, I'm going to wing an intro. You ready for this? What if we sing it? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have something. Hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) Welcome to Run This World. I am your host, Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur turned who knows what the hell I'm doing with my life right now, but I'm still having fun with this podcast. So you are in for a treat today. This is my 200th show in five years. You know that. Wow. Now, and I just, I decided for 200, I had to do something special. So I was actually talking to Tim and he goes, you got to bring in the big guns. And I was like, well, duh, that's Myrna. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Myrna, you have been on my show six times, seven, if you include the best of, which I featured you in one year that I did the best of. You are one of my favorite humans on the planet. You are one of my soul sisters for life. (laughs) And I wanted to introduce you by your new name, which is simply one word, Myrna. (laughs) You are now like in the category of Oprah and Beyonce and Serena, (laughs) right? Uh, I mean, I I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) I would. And you know what? Everyone who's listening would also go that far Amazing. And we've got a bunch of listeners on. So this thing is working. I love it. It's so cool. It's hey, so everybody. Cool. <laughs> hey, hey. Um, yeah, live podcasting. I mean, when when I started like in business in 2004, it, like this kind of podcast didn't even exist. Now pod- everyone has a podcast, every single person in the world. Um, and you're about to have a podcast, right? I am. (laughs) We can talk about that too. (laughs) Let's talk about it right now. Can we just start there? Okay. Yeah, sure. Let's talk about that. Um, (laughs) Hey, everybody. Good morning. Good afternoon, wherever you are. Um, So yeah, I have been thinking about doing a podcast for a long time, actually, but I just haven't had the, the time or the energy to kind of put together a concept. And I'm still, I still don't have a really good elevator pitch for it. Um, But I've, done a bunch of interviews already. I have recordings, I have music that my brother um, produced, wrote and produced. Um, 
my brother who I'm visiting in Arizona right now um, as part of my mountain biking trip. And um, yeah, so, you know, it's called The Renovator Show. And it is a show that is based on my five core values of joy, adventure, community, inclusion, and learning. And I interview people, mostly people of color, mostly women, although, you know, obviously that's not going to be everybody, but um, I really want to celebrate joy, um, talk about the ways in which we adventure, whether that's, you know, physical adventure or like intellectual adventure, um, talk about the ways in which we um, are part of communities, we build communities, we include as many people in our communities as possible, and also, um, you know, really celebrate learning and when whatever learning means to you. And, and I think if you know me at all, if you've seen any of my um, Instagram posts or Facebook posts, uh, not Twitter, because I am, that's my irreverent space. <laughs> um, you'll see that the, those are all the things that I try to embody in everything that I do. And, and I want to connect with people that do the same. And so, and let me talk about their like, their trajectories, their interesting lives, you know, what they do to practice joy and adventure and, and those other things uh, in their lives as well. So uh, again, don't have a great elevator pitch, <laughs> but uh, you know. Well, okay. So that was an elevator pitch. That was like <laughs> perfect. But I swear the one thing I got out of it was, so on Twitter, you're an asshole? I'm not, no. <laughs> No, no, I, you know, I don't, I don't do any of my sort of like influencer work on Twitter. So, you know, I, I'm not an asshole <laughs> or I try not to be. That's um, not one of your core values. Um, but, you know, one of my non-public core values is being an asshole. Um, no, um, <laughs> and um, yeah, no, I just like, I like, I try to be funny or respond to other people's Twitter comedy and snarkiness, um, you know, on Twitter. So I, I think it's a fun space. And I, when I need to laugh, I'll go to Twitter. So, yeah. I, just, I feel like I've known you forever. And then I was going back in time to like, get your, you know, think about and track our history. And I think it was 2015 when you did the Javelina, correct? Yes. Uh, and interesting that this is where I am. I'm not too far from where I did the Havelina, where um, right beforehand, you sent me my first couple of pieces of skirt sports. Oh my gosh. I totally remember that. This is, um, this is historic right now. <laughs> it's really historic. I mean, you could literally step on the trail where we connected through your body. <laughs> yes. Yes. That I mean, sound right. But, it's, um, it doesn't, <laughs> but you know, Someone told me a long time ago when I, um, when it was actually a husband of an ambassador, amazing guy who's passed away. His name was Lee Miller. And he's, he came up to me one day, he would come to all the events, but kind of like linger in the background or just wait and pick up his wife, Deb. And um, he goes, Nicole, you have something really special here. You have a relationship with women through their bodies because of what you provide them. And it did. And we were laughing because we're like, that sounds so creepy, especially coming from an old guy, you know, <laughs> we were all, he was laughing, but, um, but I realized that that's so true and our relationship yes. with our body and what we decide and choose to put on it and wear it. And 
um, that is a really intimate relationship. And so yeah. thank you for letting me in. <laughs> um, yes, yes. As we get more inappropriate, um, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say, but yeah, it is, that's exactly what it is. And it's a non-stigmatizing relationship with women's bodies. Um, I think that you imbued and that you spread so well. And, um, and that was really cool. That was, it was really cool to be a part of that. And, and you, um, actually you and Meryl, you were my first and, you know, probably longest term relationships uh, and collaborations. And so, yeah. And and it was, it was awesome that like, I was a person that would never, ever have put on a skirt. (laughs) um ever and I even told my friends don't you will never catch me in a skirt a running skirt what even is that and so (laughs) you know because I was a purist um and uh, (laughs) and so but I put the you know it was the tantrum print the original tantrum print on right and um and I was like okay this is cool let me out you know because people are wearing costumes during this event I'm gonna this is gonna be my costume (laughs) Because it was kind of crazy and colorful. And I was used to wearing black because that was the only thing that was available to me as a plus size woman. And like, and I was used used to wearing men's clothes. And so let me, I said, let me put this on and I'll just change out of it. I have four loops of 16 and a half miles to go. So, you know, I'll just change it. And I never did. I kept it on the entire time. And, um, that was the beginning. And, um, and it was really cool. And uh, I was like, oh, I don't know. I can wear a skirt running. <laughs> um, and I didn't get chafed because there were, you know, um, capris underneath. And it was cute. And you know, I really needed some color out there in the desert. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that was it. I was sold. Here's, here's something for you. We got sound effects. <laughs> and the world, and they don't stop. I don't know how to stop them. There you go. And the world of women's fitness apparel just grew like exponentially because by you entering and saying, hey guys, not only am I out here moving my body, doing things that a lot of people think, you, you know, someone who looks like me or is body like me can't do, mm-hmm. um, but I'm doing it with style. And I'm going to stand out. I'm not going to like wear the black and try to fade into the background. Yeah. I'm going to wear my tantrum print. <laughs> tantrum. It's the best and it print. just got more colorful and, and, you know, more and more colorful and more, a little bit more crazy um, after that. And, and that was it. Like, I, you know, I wasn't a person that, you know, had previously cared about how I looked. Um, I was just trying to do the thing. But then it's, you know, I think one of the... You know, I always talk about this um, when I do when I speak to people about like body image and um, body positivity, which is a term that I don't really like to use, um, but positive body image, and and it is all part of this you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? You have your basic needs fulfilled, right? And having clothes that fit me, um, as I'm trying to do this thing that is going to benefit my, not only my physical health, but my mental and emotional health as well, that will allow me to self-actualize. And that's the whole trajectory of 
that hierarchy of needs if you if you've taken psych 101 in college right um and and so i think that having clothes that not not only are functional um and high performance then that allows you to continue moving up that pyramid right and so having clothes that look good and help you to express yourself and who you are at the core i think is important too. And so that's, that's what, that's what fashion is all about. Right. I mean, I'm, I, and I still don't like, I'm not a fashion person, but I definitely like to look and look the way that I feel. Right. Yes. I've got a few things. Well, first, um, one of our listeners, longtime listener, Brooke just chimed in and said, because you featured Myrna on your website, I decided you were a brand I no longer had to boycott. <laughs> I love Brooke. <laughs> And she's like my accountability police. Um, but, you know, that's I also want to be really sensitive here because you're all your your life is built on relationships. Mm. That's like it might be your secret sauce. Like it might be why people trust you, you know, because you I don't know what it is. You're mm. you're authentic and you're loyal and. There's a huge level of trust with you. And that's why you're being very successful in this new life you're building for yourself, in my opinion. But, you know, you can't, we connected through skirt sports. Mm -hmm. We came and built our own foundation above and beyond the brand. And so many years later, just last year, I think, um, I had to have a hard conversation with you because skirt, mm -hmm. we were going through this roller coaster and I had to say, we can't afford you anymore. And we knew that was coming. Mm -hmm. You and I both knew that was coming. Yeah. And that's okay. And for a lot of people, it, there would have been like a slamming of doors and I'm never talking right. to you again, but it was you uh -huh. and me. And it was like, that's cool. That's all right. And We're I remember that conversation. And, and you even said to me, like I'm maybe two years before that, that there is going to be a point where I'm no longer going to be able to afford you. You said that to me. And I was like, no way. In the back of my head, I was like, this is going to end. Uh, I'm going to you know, go back to teaching Spanish uh, and music and, you know, live my little quiet life coaching cross country and, you know, and I was happy. I was very happy um, doing that. And I've, I've had tremendous success as a teacher and I, you know, and, and but, but not, you weren't the only one that said that to me. There were a couple of other people. I was like, y'all know me. <laughs> like, like, this, is, this is not going to be sustainable. Um, and, and, you know, and I, and we knew, as you said, we knew that conversation was going to happen. Um, and, you know, and I was, I was, I was okay. It was sad. It was sad, but um, but I was okay. Um, I remember where we were. We were having coffee <laughs> and pastries when we had that conversation in Boulder. That's usually and, what I do when I have hard conversations. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? And it was it was fine. I, and I actually think didn't we go like have a smoothie after that? Um, I think we went on like a big long hike too, or something. We went on a big long hike before then. I think, right? And we did some some photography. Beautiful right? shooting of yeah. you. Because you are, you're just, you capture it every moment. This is the other thing about you. All those core values that have evolved over time. Like I noticed there mm -hmm. were a couple of ones. You, they come out. <laughs> like every time you look at a camera, smile. Not everybody <laughs> has that magic. 
But yeah, I mean, I think the, one of the things is like hard conversations, we build them up in our head, right? Mm -hmm. But if you've laid a really strong foundation and you just remember that at the end of the day, there's a human on the other side of it. And when you, when something hard is about to happen, it's the best thing for both of you. Because if Mm. you don't have that conversation, then you're just building up for a freaking, you know, meltdown or a, a, a natural disaster, basically, you know? And I, you know, I actually, and I, you know, having been, you know, having been a teacher and having, (laughs) um, you know, made some mistakes along the way, some sort of professional mistakes and stuff like that, I've I've had a lot of hard conversations Um, and you, and they're hard to have, right? That's why they're called hard conversations. Um, But you make out of the situation, you know, what you make of it, right? And so if I had created this narrative in my head that Nicole hates me, she doesn't like the work that I'm doing, blah, 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 then, you know, it would have been a different kind of conversation. Maybe I would have stormed out. I'm not a storming out kind of person, but, you know, <laughs> um, you know, but I'm also, I'm a realist. Um, you know, I have, um, you know, I always have, this uh, a larger perspective on things and you know and so you know even though again it was sad like you know things like that have to happen and and also you have always said you know there's going to be you know you are you are going to get bigger sponsors um you know more and more people are learning about you and you know realizing and who you are and what what you bring to the sport of running and just to fitness in general you 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 have had that conversation with me many times in the back of my head yeah i didn't believe you as i said <laughs> you know, but but yeah so like i think it's it's good to have hard conversations and it's good to you know kind of plan plan on, you know, what could be the outcome of this? What is, what is, what is a possible positive outcome of this particular um, situation? Right. So, and I think what, what happened was that I, my world was opened up a little bit more. Um, And so, and I was able to explore other avenues. And I think that even that you in this situation, you are able to explore other avenues as well, because I think you're looking them, you were looking to, um, to do other things as well. Right. And so I think um, in the end, as difficult as it is, you know, it's it's definitely, I think, a boon or like even a push to move in a new direction. We all need that. We do. And we get comfortable with the status quo. Right. Mm -hmm. We get comfortable with routines to an extent. We need routines in our lives, Mm -hmm. you know, daily routines. They kind of keep us going and keep us, keep us awake, keep us moving. (laughs) We need goals. We need all that stuff. But once you reach a place of sort of complacency, Mm -hmm. to me, that's where my personal opinion is that gets a little dangerous. Yeah. Because to me, that leads to possibly someday sort of getting stuck. I hate stuck. Stuck scares mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, and I know you're relating to this. Yeah. I, I've been like, I brought this up because, you know, skirt sports was how we met and it's part of your history. But today you are with the biggest women's activewear brand in the world, a billion dollar company. I mean, Skirt could never compete with that. <laughs> um, and 
you know, for a long time and it's, it's Lululemon. And how amazing is that for you? Incredible. (laughs) For a long time, I, I was really anti-Lulu and a lot of it had to do with their founders comments about women Uh and their size range and the way they portrayed health and fitness in the world Uh just did not align with what I was trying to do in the world. I don't know. And so, so I couldn't even look at them. Like I have a yoga mat and I would always put the Lulu logo on the other end because I didn't want to see it. It's really good yoga mat. I've never worn their clothing because I have my own clothing brand that I love. But the fact that they opened their eyes, opened their arms, and then they actually like acted on what they said they wanted to do by bringing you on board makes me actually respect them more. So I wanted to... (laughs) tell you, you know, I asked for, does anyone have questions for Myrna? And one of the questions was, I want to know what, you know, what she kind of work she's doing with Lulu. I want to know how she's taking this message that you've been portraying with all your brands and all your partners and relationships. How are you taking that forward with them? So Mm -hmm. maybe talk a little bit about that because we ignore your history. Like it happened, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's photos out there of you and skirt yep. and yep. it's life, but it was a stepping stone for you to have a much bigger microphone. Mm. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so last year, actually around this time last year was when I got my first communication from them and I, my immediate reaction was absolutely not. Um, and so, uh, but I, but I told Margo, Margo, my, who is my publicist and agent, um, I said, well, I mean, and she even said, well, what are they, what do they want? (laughs) And I said, well, you know, let's just investigate it and, you know, see what's up. And, um, she talked to them a couple of times over the, over a few weeks. Um, and I wasn't involved in those conversations. And then uh, finally, um, she convinced me to have a meeting with them. And because, you know, I knew their history. Um, I knew what their former CEO had said um, on a bunch of different things, not just the, you know, um, the comments uh, sort of against plus size people and, uh, and women and, and Asian people. Um, and I didn't want any part of it. But I did have a, I had a, the initial conversation with um, the person who is the, I call, I call him the wrangler of ambassadors, of running ambassadors, who was an excellent guy. Um, mm-hmm. We had a great conversation. Um, and I was, you know, I was all, you know, I was all business, all game. And normally, you know me, I'm very, you know, bubbly and smiley and, you know, in our meetings, but I was all business and Marco said so. And uh, she didn't smile you like at all <laughs> you had oh your questions you had your concerns um but what I asked what you know one of my the things that I said I was like I was like what's in it for me and my community because you have a reputation and uh it's, it's great that you you now are you now have sizes up to 20 that's not truly inclusive by the way um but it's a start um, but you know, what's, what is my community going to think of me when, uh, if I were to sign with you and they were ready for this question, they were ready. They had done their research. 
They knew who I was and what I represented, what was important to me and my community. Um, and when I say my community, I mean, I am talking about plus size people who are athletes. Um, obviously, there are more people in my community than that. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, essentially who I serve, who I see myself as serving. And I was like, because, you know, I don't want to lose their trust when I align with you. And so I didn't sign with them for the next couple of weeks. You went back and forth. I had lots of questions. And I, you know, I, I really want to thank you, Nicole, for um, giving me all the opportunities that I had to sort of shape, uh, to help shape the the extended sizes, um, the one X to three X sizes um, at Skirt Sports and like, you know, to you know kind of be a fit model and, and to learn all this knowledge and, you know, what the process is and retail, because that's what I went in armed with. I was like, uh, so tell me about what kind of fit models you're using for the sizes, you know, um, 12. Were they, were they ready for that? Um, when I, when I initially asked that question, um, no, they had to go back and, and ask, but they came back with the answer. Yes, we use three different fit models for the plus sizes, and um, and and it was so cool. I was like, yes, <laughs> so glad I I knew that and I knew to ask that question, and and so you know over the the, the couple of weeks that we were back and forth, we built a trusting relationship, and then I finally signed that contract, um, and I'll tell you that I asked for a lot of money, and. Um, I, both Margo and I were shocked when they said, okay. <laughs> Why does this surprise us? You know, this is a whole nother conversation. That's a whole other conversation. Everybody listening, ask for double what you ever think is the ceiling or more, you know, like we underestimate, undervalue. You are mm -hmm. so worth it. And I mean, the fact that you went in and when I asked, like, were they ready for that? I kind of meant like, were they ready for you to come in with so much knowledge about, you know, how things work and the I, fact I, that maybe yeah. I, I think so, but I think so, because like, if you look at the trajectory of, you know, my, whatever, whatever you want to call it, my, just my trajectory, like <laughs> career, you know, I think that you would, and knowing like all of the companies that have had a, an opportunity to um, work with and to collaborate with, I think, I mean, I think the assumption is that, yes, I do know a little, <laughs> a little about these things and how things work. Um, and I mean, I don't know a lot. I don't know a whole lot, you know, beyond what I've, you know, what been able to do with you and, and, and Merrill and um, some other companies, but you know, it's, it definitely, I think gave me an edge. Yeah. Totally. Um, totally. Yeah. And so, you know what, it's been, it has been an absolute joy working with them. And I, I cannot believe I'm saying that. Like it was because I would not have said this a year ago. It has been so incredible. Um, and they are being very careful and thoughtful about, you know, the things that they ask me to do. Um, and they ask for my input all the time. And, and they pay me for that, <laughs> you know, beyond the contract, you know, here, can, would you, would you like to be on the product development cohort. Yes. 
here's some more money. Um, <laughs> but then it's actual work, and and I and I and I'm learning so much about all of the the specifics that go into designing one product. Um, you know, the stitching, the ventilation. Um, <laughs> you know, the, uh, you know, and I get to test the products and, um, you know, and it's very, very, there's a very detailed list of what, you know, what they're looking for and stuff like that. And so that's really cool, uh, to get to do that. And that's more knowledge for me, more knowledge that I can bring to, you know, the communities that I serve in terms of apparel, uh, how it's supposed to fit, how, <laughs> um, you know, what it's supposed to do, the functionality, the performance aspect, the, you know, the, Lululemon is very big on the science of feel, how it feels um, against your skin, how it feels when you're working out, and et cetera. And so, so that's that's been really cool to to learn. It's been a huge, huge learning curve. Um, also, I got to go to Hawaii. So, I mean, but you know what? I got to go to Costa Rica and learn how to surf with skirt sports. <laughs> like, like, yeah, you know, the adventures continue. Yes. Yes. and and it's been. It's been really, really cool. It's a lot of work. It's uh, I'm I'm actually really overwhelmed right now, and um, and with and and during the pandemic, I worked nonstop, nonstop. I'm so grateful and honored that people trusted me to speak to them and to lead workshops. Um, but yeah, I need a break. Because it's it's been you know like nonstop work you know not just with Lululemon but with um you know all of the other brands that I work with and and with my anti racism training um, that I've been doing um, and uh, yeah yeah so you know it's 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 been a really good year and again I say that with full gratitude uh, and acknowledgement that other people haven't had uh, necessarily ha- had the same uh, experience. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's, that has been a really cool development. Uh, and I've gotten to speak to like people in their executive leadership team one-on-one. Um, you know, I get to, I'm also on their, um, the ambassador diversity board, um, because that's something that I do professionally, you know, outside of athletics and, yeah, I mean, it's it's a really cool life. It's really busy again. Um and sometimes a lot of times I don't get enough sleep, which is why I'm here in the first place. <laughs> and um and but it's I you know, I I really wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't. And you're you're in charge of it. Like this life isn't just happening to you. Like you're crafting it. Some things are sort of opportunities are opening and coming to you. And, you know, I feel like there's a a bunch of themes that are kind of coming up. It's like doors close sometimes, right? But they create more space in your life. Energy Mm. is not limitless. We know that about you. You know, you have to have your time to renew your energy. We know. <laughs> what you are you talking stayed, about, Nicole? You like, stayed in my basement. In my <laughs> yes, my arcade in our old house in Boulder. We'd be like, wait, isn't Myrna staying here? Oh, yeah, she's down there right now. And it's this tiny little room, but you need to go down there and, and you know, refill your, your bucket of energy. And um, that's, I think that's super important. And so when you say like, I've been busting my ass this whole pandemic. Well, it's more than a pandemic. I mean, there were 
there were, yeah, a lot of doors closed in a pandemic, but for you, holy crap, a ton of doors open. There's a lot more going on in the world. And I think you were able to dig into like different parts of yourself. So yeah, this brand work as an outdoor adventurer and ultra athlete and being a professional athlete, you know, that's one piece. But then like you mentioned your anti-racism work and these companies were seeking people I'll tell you, like the word trust, Mm. I remember reading a long time ago, this thing about like spokespeople, right? Right. I think Michael J. Fox was like the number one most trusted person in, you know, the U.S. at least for like two decades or something. And I would put Oprah in there. I mean, think about if you got on Oprah's list, your company (laughs) basically had to shut down because you'd like, you'd sell out. (laughs) People were mad. (laughs) You know, I mean, they're looking for people who have a quality that's sort of endearing and real and they're not afraid to share who they are but you're not you're also strong and I don't know I think that's there's there's a bunch of things here there's doors opening and then there's trust but then really what's behind it all is you weren't afraid to walk through those doors and you weren't afraid to take these opportunities as scary as they are because they mm. they put you on your path forward Mm. Well, you know, I would always say, I would say that there is always fear. I always have fear um, and trepidation. But one of the things that I, you know, when I, when I speak, when I answer the questions about people always ask me this question, you know, you seem like the most confident person ever. <laughs> you seem like the most fearless. Oh man, I have so many fears and so much anxiety. <laughs> And so much trepidation, but you can have that and and still move forward, right? You can acknowledge it. And that's something that I've learned to do over the years is to acknowledge that I have fear, to acknowledge that, you know, I have a lot of anxiety about something, but also I have points of reference for when I succeeded at something and when I stepped out of my comfort zone, you know, and what happened and how much that propelled me forward. And so that's, that's, you know, when we talk about being fearless or not, not, or just kind of walking into things, it's never, ever without fear. There's always fear. There's always, um, there's always some hesitation, but there's the other thing that kind of propels me forward. Um, knowing that, um, I've experienced this before, um, and I don't know what the outcome is going to be. And that's okay. That's okay. I might fail. This might be awful. I don't want it to be awful, but it might be. Uh, it might be the wrong decision, but you know, I have enough things and people in my life to know that it's going to be okay. Even if it doesn't feel okay in the moment, I know that eventually it's going to be okay. So just having that larger perspective and and the ability to zoom out, um, and see that, you know, shit happens. (laughs) Um, hopefully it's good. You know, uh, man, talking about failure and the fear of what happens when you fail. I just experienced a year of that exact roller coaster. Mm. And I know what that looks like and what that feels like. And all of the women who are on here listening, man, I know you know it too. Mm. (laughs) I've interacted with you. We've all (laughs) been through stuff. And it is a process. You know, you can sometimes, you can be afraid of failing and you don't fail. It's amazing, right? It's almost like a, it's like 
what it creates is sort of almost like the nerves or the excitement, if you can reframe those, to push you through and get you going into that thing you were afraid of, like getting on a mountain bike, which we're about to talk about. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there's also failure that can be really drawn out in your life and can take a while. And it's mm. uncomfortable to sit through a process of failing. It is so uncomfortable. And during that process, you freaking grow because you're still here. So you have to figure out ways to survive and feel good about yourself and reframe. And, when and that's you, well, you know, but, but that's why I, I say, you know, always we all, we all have these points of reference where we did fail. And but we survived. Right. And what did we do to survive? What were the steps that we took to move on, right? And that's that's what you got to have in the back of your mind with these big failures. How did I get myself out of this sticky situation last time? You know, what worked? What didn't work? And I think, um, you know, whether it's a big failure, whether it's a small series or a series of small failures, <laughs> um, you know, I think we have to always trust ourselves and our experience that we can move ahead. You know, I like that. I um I want to move into some of these new adventures because they're <laughs> fraught with this concept of failure. Um, in the six years I've known you, which actually feels like 10 lifetimes ago, right. I swear to God, the only way I know you've gotten older is that your son is taller. <laughs> like you are ageless. That is one of your magic, you know, secret secret sauce magic weapons here, whatever you call it. Maybe it looks like it, but I definitely am feeling some aging going going on in my body. (laughs) Well, and that's okay. And you know, that's, that's true of all of us. And, um, a lot of people don't like to talk about aging, but I love it. I'm actually starting menopause, I think. Oh my God. Have you had any symptoms yet, Myrna? Um, perimenopause? Yes. <laughs> so, what um, are your like extreme anxiety, inability to sleep, heart rate heart rate spikes. Um I, I was actually talking about this the other day with a group of ladies that I was with. Actually, the photographer Michelle Craig and um, Laurel Darren, who is the owner of the um, Wild Bunch Desert Guides, that mountain biking, and we're we're all around the same age. Um, I'm 45, and I uh, will be 46 in October. I like birthday presents, um, and and we're talking about we're talking about this this very specific thing. And I was like, you know, I was like sitting on the toilet, and I wasn't even pooping, and my heart rate spiked for no reason. Oh <laughs> my! I had my God. garment on, and I was like, what is going on? And they're like, you know, we we experience these things too, and um, and there are definitely thing changes that have been occurring, and like you know, in addition to the pandemic being the pandemic, and like having some pandemic weight gain, there's there are other things going on um, that you know, like, oh, this is a new thing for my body. I, you know, this is, I've never felt this before. I started getting cramps again. <laughs> like <laughs> after not having cramps for 20 years. Um, and, uh, and, and so like, there's, there are all these things that are going on, um, like, like just my level of exhaustion, but that's also connected to the fact that I haven't been really resting as much as I should, but like there, and there are and there's the the whole like doom and gloom part of of you know getting older as a woman like the the feelings of doom and gloom, um, and so you know those those things are happening not all the time but I definitely sense 
you know, some changes and, and it's, you know, it's, it's expected, but it's always a, but it's it's still a surprise when you, you know, realize what's happening (laughs) to your body. You're right. And there, there are a lot of resources out there now. And I think, um, you know, I need to start digging into them, Mm -hmm. but this is natural, but every single person is different. And I'll be honest, what happened to me, do you remember when you first had Rashid, did you go get like mommy brain and you couldn't think of words? You'd be like, can you yeah. get those, um, those yeah. things that go on your feet and be yeah. like, you mean your shoes? Mm-hmm. Like I started having that again. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my friend, she goes, oh, it's menopause. And, and then something else happened. Oh, that's menopause. I finally yeah. went to the doctor a couple weeks ago. I found a new doctor up here in Steamboat. And she goes, basically, you can blame every single thing that's different and happening to you in your body or your mind right now on hormones. She goes, if yeah. we measured your hormones every day based on where you are in your cycle, mm-hmm. you'll be able to, if you had a headache one day, you could look at your blood work and be like, oh, my estrogen was low or whatever it is, you know, and I don't really know anything about it yet. I've got to start. Wow. But yeah, wow. I mean, really it gets more extreme i think and so mm. getting like that baseline when you're in peri of your hormones is probably really good so then you know every do that right now yeah go do it go do <laughs> draw that blood no seriously um, because i think i think the more you know I'm, I'm looking at the comments here and you know and folks are saying normalize it we absolutely should normalize it because this is what goes on to our bodies <laughs> and there are lots and lots of shared experiences right and, um, you know, I'm, I will talk openly about most things. <laughs> um, and I think this is something that's, that, you know, it's actually part of the work that I do as part of, of like diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? You know, we are so steeped in the sort of male or people who identify as male that the, the research is like usually only done on, on men um, uh, of a certain race, of a certain age. And like, we're left out of research. Um, like people are talking about the COVID vaccine and, um, you know, its effects on women and, you know, and, and our reproductive systems. Um, but we don't, there's not enough research about our reproductive systems and our periods and, and, and stuff like that. And so, um, we don't have a good baseline. We don't have a good baseline of knowledge. Um, and so the more we, can track these things for ourselves. I actually, you know, I use my Garmin Connect app to track my period. And, you know, and there are places that, you know, go Garmin, um, <laughs> uh, you know, there, and, and you can like put notes in. We should absolutely know, um, you know, without equivocating what our, what our cycles are, because when we start having changes, we're not surprised or we, or we know that this is, this, this is something different. Let me check this out. Let me see if anything is wrong. You know, and I think that we're, we're so ashamed of what happens to our bodies because that's what, that's society. That is what we have done to ourselves, but you know, it's a natural process. Totally. It's like we walk around whispering. We're like, Oh my God, my period was really clumpy today. <laughs> or like, or like, that's a little weird, but like, like yeah, but, but that's, you know, you get clocks, you get clocks. Other women, it's not it to other women too, you know? Yes, exactly. And people who don't want to hear it, just don't listen. All right? right. 
Stop. Right. So being ashamed of ourselves. Exactly. And you know, <laughs> I love these comments. Um, keep them coming. At least they're going to make me and Myrna laugh throughout this throughout this episode. But um, somebody just wrote, or I peed on myself during my workout, which that stuff happens too, because our bladders mm-hmm. change, right? Mm-hmm. We got yeah. work in every muscle in our bodies, mm-hmm. but you know, bodies change as we get older. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what happens too, is that our sports often have to change alongside mm-hmm. yep. as we age. I've had to really uh, change my outlook on my own fitness because of my body issues and my body needs from too much. I've, I asked so much of my body for so many years and there were mm-hmm. so many years where I didn't really respect it. Mm. So boom, here I am going on 50. I'm 49 and my body's telling me, nope, let's not do that thing that you have to jump pound and bounce around on. We need to mm. find things that yeah. still feed your soul, but don't make you injured. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I think this is where it's really fun because if you can embrace this, you might mourn for a minute. You might be like, running's gone. Running on roads is done for me, you know, or whatever it is, right. Tennis or something. And, um, you mourn it and then you go, Oh my God, I had no idea how many other sports were out there. If you can have that outlook, Mm -hmm. I think that is your sport. And it's it's so hard to kind of release yourself, release yourself from, that your your thing that you identified with and that that was your identity you know yeah. and yeah. um but the other thing is that like other people identify you with those things as well and it's hard for them to detach and it's hard for them to see you as something different um and you know I, and i and it's it's probably what i am experiencing now <laughs> I was wondering, Um, you know, ultra runner. So let's talk about the fact that I've seen you on skis and a bike in the past six months or more. I have several several kinds of bikes. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen a few little. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. And think about that world. That's like (laughs) you talk about riding a bike or skiing. There's like 10 ways to do both things. Mm -hmm. Seriously. Mm -hmm. Like it's a whole nother universe. And yeah, I've seen you trotting down a few little trails here and there, but that hasn't been your main thing. Well, so, I mean, I've been injured. Right. <laughs> so that's, and, and so I, and I actually remember having this conversation with you and Tim in Boulder. Um, I do too. Right? Um, I, I can't remember if it was breakfast. No, it was, it was dinner and we were outside in the backyard. And I think Tim was having a tuna sandwich. Uh, <laughs> these are the things that I remember. <laughs> wow. That's impressive. Yes. <laughs> um, and, uh, and we were talking about, so, so what's next? You know, like you have running, but eventually you're going to have to expand your offerings <laughs> eventually because that's the way it works, right? Um. And, and we started talking about bikes um, and, and I'm like, I'm not getting on a bike in the back of my head. Right? <laughs> I mean, I know how to ride a bike, but I like, that's, I mean, that's not my thing until it was my thing. Right. Until I had a torn meniscus uh, about a year ago, um, you know, my legs started to feel weird. 
it wasn't painful, but it was like really weird. And, um, and then I had a hitch in my, in my gait and, uh, and it just kept getting worse. And then I went hiking, uh, with my assistant at the time, who's now my business manager. And, uh, we, you know, it was at 2000 feet of vert came down and it was, it was, then it was painful coming down. And then my leg swelled up that night, my entire leg. And I was like, this, there's something wrong here. And, and that's when I found out I had a torn meniscus and then I would need to not run for a long time. And, uh, that was such a blow because that's how people knew me. That's what I did. That's how I made money, <laughs> I made a living. And so it was really scary. And it like really threw me into a like spiraling uh, anxiety. Like, I don't want to call it depression because I, I didn't see anybody about that, but it was very hard. And, uh, and, and so my, my coach, Mike, my running coach, who I love, says, I'm going to need you to get on a bike. Uh, and I don't think he was doing that for the physical aspect. He's like, I'm gonna need you to get on a bike. <laughs> so I go, I go across the, the, uh, um, the parking lot to um, Onion River Sports, which is literally 50 feet away <laughs> from where I live. Did you spend the whole time just trying to get your foot on the pedal? I mean, literally. Uh, yeah. Like- I mean, I was like, well, I was like, I need a bike. Um, I, and I, um, cause I can't run right now and I need, I need a way to be outside and, um, and so, you know, continue my training <laughs> yeah, <laughs> continue my yeah. endurance training. And so they hooked me up with a salsa bike and, and I was like, I'm also going to need somebody to help me. Like, because I haven't been on a bike in a long time. I mean, I, I don't even know how to get on the bike without looking like a, whatever. Um, and so they say uh, to me, oh, we have somebody for you. And so that's how I got hooked up with Max, who is now my cycling coach and is preparing me for the steamboat gravel ride, gravel race. Um, and um, yeah. And, and, and so Max taught me all of these, all of the, everything that I know about riding. And there's, there's more. I mean, we haven't, I haven't, um, learned everything, obviously, um, still a beginner, even though we've been at it for a year. And, um, and it's been really one of the greatest things ever. It really has. I mean, it did save my soul. <laughs> um, and really got me out of this, the incredible anxiety that I was feeling about not being able to run because I so heavily identified with it because, you know, running brings me so many good things. And so, you know, such like good physical health and it's brought me this entire community. And, um, and it's, it was really hard to let that go, even though it was temporary, but it, it was really hard to let that part of myself go. But in that, I, you know, I, I you know, found Max and um, Max is actually going to come out to Colorado with me and train me on, on the, the gravel roads to prepare me for this ride. And, um, and so we, you know, we've cultivated a really awesome relationship and he's such a good teacher and is just a, an incredible person. And, you know, I know a good teacher when I see one and, and I, you know, and I, I always pride myself on knowing all the tips tips and tricks that, you know, teachers use to, to get you to learn stuff, even when you don't <laughs> yeah. think you're lear- learning. Totally. And, 
And I'm like, oh, did you just do that? Did you just make me do this hill again? I didn't even know I was doing this hill again, you know? Um, And so it's been really great. And so now I'm in Arizona right now. I'm in um, Scottsdale, you know, working with Laurel of Wild Bunch Desert Guides and uh, learning how to mountain bike. Did I know a year ago that I'd be in the fucking desert um, crashing into Choya Cacti? Oh, my God. (laughs) On a mountain bike. Did I know Uh that I'd be doing this? Um, no, I had no clue, but you know, the, the opportunity that presented itself to me, um, was this, you know, when I was injured and I couldn't run. So it opened up another door to me, um, another way to be out on the trail. You know what I, yeah, yeah. What I love about you is Yes. It's like, okay, this shit happened. Something else just came in front of me. Yes, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm scared. We talked about that. You have fear about it, right? Of course, everybody has fear about trying new things. Mm -hmm. There's so much beauty in being a beginner though. And when you say yes to something you've never tried, you're officially now a beginner again. Mm -hmm. And we're afraid because... A, we're afraid for our lives, like falling and killing ourselves on cactus. And when you fall on a cactus or how many ever cacti you fall on, you have to like pull your bike shorts down and someone basically has to pull out those little things with tweezers. I mean, Uh, nobody wants to fall on a cactus. But here's my like little mantra. You can always put your foot down. I mean, it's for anything in life. You Mm. can always put your foot down. On mountain biking, it's the exact... (laughs) (laughs) mantra I use daily too. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Being a beginner is like, it's such a gift. Think about how much the world just opened up. You've been on bikes and on skis. This is Mm -hmm. what I've seen you do. And I've rarely seen you without a smile on your face. Granted, those are the photos you post. Photos I post, right? Exactly. I I will not tell you, well, I will tell you about, um, uh, two days ago. Um, so it was my second, my second lesson with Laurel. And, uh, so we, you know, I practiced a bunch of skills that first lesson. And so she took me on, um, another trail that had more hills, uh, more steep hills. Um, and I guess it was like blues, like, like in skiing. Um, and, um, and it was scary. And I, I didn't fall completely. Um, but I did impale my vagina. <laughs> and I, and it was so painful. I started crying. Oh and I was like, I don't normally cry. <laughs> oh my God. We'll blame them. And, and, and exactly. And then, um, and then I had to just kind of like collect myself and it took me like 20 minutes to do that. Because I was like, this is really painful, and this is hard, and I know I'm an endurance athlete, and I know things are hard, but I still want to cry, and uh, and it took me a long time to come around, and like, you know what, and Laurel just stood next to me, she just stood by me and like, held me. I was like, I'm sorry. She's like, don't apologize, because if you apologize again, I'm going to tell you to cactus, and um. This, this is part of it. This is this is part of the process of being a beginner. Like, and she, and then she, then she would go on to say, 
you know, we've had, you know, Ironman triathletes come out um, and they're like superstars on road bikes. When they get here, it's really hard for them and it's hard to release, you know, to kind of separate yourself from this other identity you have. This is a different kind of bike. It's a different situation. You're using different muscles. There's different technique. There are all these new things and it's okay to be for it to be new to you. Yeah. And, and, and then also, you know, like we're up at, you know, it was like 2,500 feet or whatever. And like, you know, it's different and it's dry air that the air is different. Everything yeah. is different. So totally. you're doing, you're, you're doing okay. And then I had to walk up some of the hills and I know like, and I know it's okay. I know it's okay to walk up the hills, right? I know it's okay to walk the bike up the hills, but there's still this narrative that, you know, of this, this purest um, sort of ideology that we have about sports, that there's only one way to do it. There's only one way to be an athlete. And there isn't. We know that in our hearts. But this is what we, you know, American society pushes anyway. And um, so I was like, you know, I'm just going to have to walk. I'm going to have to walk up this hill. And I was like, you know, my, my calf was like uh, cramping up. And um, I didn't have enough electrolytes. And that's on my own fault. And I was also, also tired. You know, just been tired because I've been tired all year. And um but still, like, there, I got so much out of that session. And I asked for an easier session today. <laughs> um, you know, to kind of sandwich it, you know, sandwich of positivity. And, um, but I've learned so much. And now, like, I know that I can go back to Vermont and I can go on some greens by myself. And, and you know, if I fall, I fall. I'm not, I'm not so afraid of falling. Um, but I want to be able to fall without like seriously hurting myself. Right. Cause I want to be able to run again. You know, I'm getting there. It's yeah. coming. I know. Um, I know. Yeah. Myrna, you just like nail, I just like step back and was like, we could just end this right now. There is not <laughs> only one way to be an athlete. Okay. Mm-hmm. We all know that, but you're right. We have this idea that there is one way to be mm-hmm. and we're hard on ourselves. And, um, so I guess it brings up the question of why. Why are you choosing this path? As Even though you know all these things, you know you're going to have the days when you're impaling vaginas and wiping tears. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to just tell you, I have them too. I go out mountain bike and I blame my bike all the time. I love blaming my bike, by the way. I'll be like, yeah, my, my bike doesn't have enough gears, you know, or it must be the brakes are rubbing. I mean, that's what I always used to say when I was a pro athlete. I'd be like, oh, the bike feels really hard today. I remember getting off my bike in Ironman, California and looking at the brakes to see if they were rubbing. This was when it was old school. Brakes. And I'm like, shit, they're not rubbing. It's just really hard today. I'm sucking. But like, why? Why? What about this life of pushing yourself, opening yourself, trying new things? And it's, it's a blend of physical and emotional for you. Mm. This is mm-hmm. where you're tying your, your mind, your heart, and your body together. Not everybody has that, but you do. This is your mm. path. Why? Why do you keep doing it? Okay, wait. Hold on. <laughs> there you go. Tell us. These sound effects are killing me. <laughs> They're awesome. <laughs> Um, you know what? I, I live for those. I really do live for the moments of flow when I don't 
I am feeling so at home in my body, so at home in my spirit and my mind and my heart. And I feel like a whole human. And that's what the, all of this brings me. And it takes work and it takes those really, really low moments to get there. Because if you don't have those low moments, you don't even know what those high moments are. And, um, and it's, you know, I, I think it's what I'm meant to do. Hmm. Will it be the thing that I'm meant to do all the time for the rest of my life? Maybe not. Um, but it's what I'm meant to do right now. And I think it's my purpose. Um, it's my purpose for myself. It's my purpose for my family. It's my purpose for my communities that I serve. And that's that's it. That's what it is. And I and if I, you know, I get to have an impact on even one person, then I have done what I am here to do. And you know, that's like been an overarching thing in my life as a teacher, um, as you know, the the person that I am now, the influencer part of it, um, the athlete, the writer, the, the diversity um, professional that I am, if I can have a positive and lasting impact on even one person, then, then I've done what I was put on earth to do. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I adore you. You know, I kind of like try to go back in my time machine to when I met you and did I actually meet you at my parents' house? Is that mm -hmm. where I think oh. that is that yeah. Yeah. I was so like, hey, in a Nissan Altima. Yes. I, I tell you I remember these details. <laughs> to Savannah. And it was our first time because it was our my first um photo shoot um it was like hey we don't yeah. we know each other but do you want to come just like sleep over with me at my parents mm -hmm. <laughs> that's how yeah. it and you were like i'll be there <laughs> it was and it was like it was so fun it was so fun and Dang. um and that you know that was one of those instances where i was like is this my is this going to be my life? Is this because things were changing very rapidly uh, at that at that moment, and uh, lots of stuff was was coming at me, and um, and I was like, hmm, this there was an inkling of something here, and then even Margot was like, yeah, this is this is just the beginning, <laughs> and so I go, you know, and have this incredible shoot with you know Kim Cook, and oh. and it was just like I was like, wow, this is this is cool. I, I think I like this. I think I like it. <laughs> and then, you know, I got to hang out with you and um, your mom made that squash chili. Oh my God, <laughs> three, the sisters. three sisters. Three sisters. Yep. And we share that recipe. I make it all the time. It's magical. I think I so shared good. the, like my maiden name's Molzon, the Molzon family recipes with mm -hmm. you. Did I yeah, share? I think you, yeah, I think you. I think you did. I think you did. Oh God! And um, and it was uh, it was so cool. And um, we had a great time. And we were shooting out there. It was freezing, by the way. And we're all in like tanks and little skirts and shit. And <laughs> yes, run in the water. <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God! And those shots came out so beautifully. And um. Yeah, and I and I, I had a good time. I was like, 
okay, if this what this is going to be, then I want it. I want it. And, um, and then we, you know, and then it was history. Like, and then I came out to Colorado a bunch of times to do shoots and we did a shoot that shoot in Costa Rica, which I'll never forget. Oh my God. Nicole, Nicole, Nicole. What is your assistant? <laughs> I mean, I was like, I could do nothing right. And every, our photographer was so funny. And every, Carlos, every time he'd be yelling at me and then he would turn around and go, Myrna, smile. And you would, I was like, what the hell? I would be like, what about this? He'd go, terrible idea. And then you might go, hey, what about this? And it was like the same thing. He's like, perfect. Myrna I mean, is doing it right. She is doing it the right way. Do it like me now. He's like, get out of here. I mean, honestly, you just, you light everybody up. And it's funny, you know, you have these relationships with people in your life. Everyone listening can relate to this. And when you think back on them, a lot of people can think about the good and the bad. But when I think about my relationship with you, literally everything is like, hold on, let me see here. <laughs> that, that's called magic spell. And that is how I feel when I think about you. So I'm just like so happy that you are continuing to follow this path and that it's evolving for you. And yeah, the running and the injury, that sucked. But look what came out of it. Well, mm -hmm. certainly came before. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got you've got all these different ways to ride bikes. You've got all these different ways to ski. I'm gonna see you this summer. You're coming to my yeah, tiny I, new hometown of Steamboat. Yeah. So yeah. excited! I cannot. <laughs> but um. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's been it's been really cool. And I've you know uh, people are like, "What's your next sport?" I'm like, "Slow your roll." I, I think I'm good for now. You know, like and I can't do everything. Um, <laughs> but you can, you know, um, so like, and I'm, I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty, my body is, is feeling it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's really cool. So, you know, I guess one of the questions is then is what's important to you today. The same thing that was important to you when I met you in 2015 or has Absolutely that not? No, it has evolved. And I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, you know, right now there's a, or I think it just finished, the Cocodona 250-mile race here in Arizona. And, you know, I got a lot of DMs about it. Hey, are you going to stop by Cocodona? You know, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I, love ultra, I love ultra running. And, you know, but that's not my, my priority. That is not my priority right now. Um, I, I don't know that I, I used to want to like, I want to do a hundred miler. I want to do a 200 miler. I want to do Tahoe 200 or whatever. And that's, that's not important to me anymore. What's more important is um, continuing to model this, um, a fitness uh, and movement centered lifestyle. That's, that's, you know, sort of like what the overarching, my, my ethos is right now. And um, will it, Still include 50Ks? Yes, I hope so. As soon as like I am fully, 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 fully recovered, which is probably a couple of months off. And um, I mean, my, 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 the meniscus has recovered, but my body hasn't recovered, <laughs> you know, from all of the compensating, the compensating that I've been doing on my right leg and stuff. And, and, you know, and, and as I said before, like weight gain from the pandemic, not traveling, not being able to train as much as I usually do. And which keeps me 
you know, which keeps my body looking uh, slightly different than it looks now, you know, so um, that all is going on. And so that's, I've had to have some different priorities, you know, learning as, you know, as we talked about learning new sports and, um, you know, moving my body in different ways. And, you know, so that I don't injure myself so that I can have some longevity and movement. Um, and that's, what's important to me now. I, I, I don't even want to travel as much as I, as I used to, I don't want to do it anymore. You know, it's, it's, you know, it seems glamorous, but it's so hard on your body. It's so hard on my, my sleep schedule. It's so hard to, you know, maintain relationships when I'm constantly on a plane. Uh, and I, and I, and I think a lot of people, um, or, or a lot of people don't necessarily understand that it really does look very, very glamorous to, you know, always be on the move. But I so enjoyed being home with my boy <laughs> that he, that's my priority. He's, he's going to be a senior next year. Like I, I want to take him on college visits and not be interrupted with, Oh, you know, um, you have this photo shoot that we didn't say anything about yesterday, but can you do it today? You know, like I, I want to, I want to be able to be there for my boy. Um, and, and he might not want to hang out with me, but, like, but I want to hang out with him and, um, you know, and like, and maybe just travel with him and, um, you know, and just chill. That's, that's what I, that's what I want to do. Like, I, I want to make sure I'm making time for myself and my, my family, like my family's here with me in Arizona. And it's like the biggest most precious gift ever. Like I want to be able to do that. But I think that the life that, that I led over the past year has allowed me to do this. So sometimes there's, there's that give and take there's um, you know, that is what has opened up some more doors for me and, and more space in my life to, you know, take my family and stay at the four seasons <laughs> in Scottsdale, Arizona, you know, and have this like incredible experience. My mom is right here. She's, she's right here. Your mom's right there? Yeah. Can she say hi? I think she's sleeping. <laughs> she's sleeping because I want her to rest, right? Um, and she loves you. She always asks about you. How I love you? Well, what does Nicole? What does Nicole think about this Lululemon thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, so like it definitely my my, my priorities have changed. Um, you know, I am still going to be an athlete because you know it's good for my body, it's good for my spirit, my soul, my mind. Uh, my mental health, but it might look different. You know, there's a word that I was talking to the guy who owns zero footwear the other day mm-hmm. and said, he's this kooky character. His name's Steven Sashin and awesome guy. Hilarious. He was on shark tank and got like completely ripped on as like Boulder hippie scum, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I don't think they invested, but their company's doing great. But he's, he said he had this like concept that he wanted to do one day, which was centered around the word enough. Mm. And in the way that we've heard it a lot in like TED Talks from women who are like, I've learned that I am enough, you know, mm-hmm. and they're more than that. But his thing was more almost like financial. But I think it, it was more than that. He wanted to ask people, when do you have enough? When yeah. is it time for you to relax and maybe be done or with the grind or whatever it is that you think you need to be doing. What, what is enough? Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about that for myself. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a cool concept. So I thought mm-hmm. I would try it out on you. Mm-hmm. So when, when do you have enough? Mona? 
these are, you know what, this, these are all conversations that I've been having with my various, uh, the uh, instructors and coaches that have come into my life over the last two years, two, two or three years. And so my, my ski instructor, his name is Guy. <laughs> oh, I love Guy. I, I love him. He's from Jersey. <laughs> he's a Jersey boy. And he's an older guy and um, guy. Um, and um, he, we have had the greatest lessons. Um, I was, you know, at the beginning of skiing, you know, actually most, most of the season I was struggling because I, you know, it was a new thing. It was a new thing for my body. I was still dealing with some knee pain. Um, and I had a lot of fear, I had a lot of fear. I, I don't, I'm not afraid of falling. I've, I fall so much, but I just had a lot of fear about not being good, <laughs> not being able to get to a place where I can be good. But, but then I, you know, as as we had our lessons, my thinking evolved. And I said, you know what, guy, here's what I want out of this. I want to be able to come to a ski resort with my friends. And I want to be able to get on the slopes. I don't need to, I don't need, I don't even need to get on the blues. I don't need to do anything fancy. I don't need to, you know, spend all day here. I want to get on the greens. I want to be on the mountain. I want to see some views. I want to feel my body moving. I want to feel the air against my face. That's what I want. And I think that's enough. I don't, I don't need the other stuff. And, um, and he was like, I like the way you think because, you know, we can all be on the mountain. It doesn't all have to be the same experience. We don't all have to do double black diamonds. We don't all, you know, have to do this line and that line. I don't even know what that means. Like me, you know. And um, I just wanna, I wanna be able to enjoy this mountain. And so finally, when I was ready to get on the lift, because that took a long time, because um, I'd had, you know, negative experiences beforehand. Well, wait. I, Myrna, did you do the Pama before the chairlift? We did that. No, it was the, um, no, we did. It's the little rope toe, but not the rope toe that goes behind your behind butt. Your, no, this is one butt. that you just grab onto your hand. You're, like you grab onto your yes. hand um, and, uh, or grab on with your hands rather. And so, no. yeah. And so like we were, we were there and he's like, well, you know, how are you feeling? I'm like, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready. And then. You know, and then we just worked on all the skills that we could work on on the bunny slopes. And then finally I came in and, and you know, after processing it for a couple of weeks, I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm scared, but I'm ready. So I go up there and I immediately fall off the chairlift, you know, when, it, you know, when we get to the top of the mountain. Uh -huh. um, and, I totally know, because uh, I did the same thing this year many times. Yeah. and then, You're not um, alone. How about no, that? And I, and I fell off again. Uh, and I'm on I, backwards. I didn't even know that I could do that. And hit my head and it was painful, but I was like, you know what? Okay, well, this is part of it. And then everyone would say, you're not a real skier until you fall on your head. <laughs> and, so, and so I was like, okay. Um, you know, he checked in with me and then we went. And, you know, I fell a bunch on that first green that I did. I fell so many times. Um, but he was like, okay, let's get up. All right. And, and that was it. And then, but going through those like initial things uh and then the, but then eventually the last time I was uh on that mountain without my instructor was the first time that I'd gone by myself and I went and I did those exact runs five times and it was so freeing and it was so amazing I was like this is what I want this is why this is why I took lessons well I mean like also I have a ski sponsorship which is crazy to me um <laughs> Shout out, um, Coalition Snow. Thank you very much. Um, 
And, but this is it. This is, this is all, this is all I want. Did I try a blue, um, you know, on Killington Mountain um, a couple of weeks ago? Yes. But I didn't, I, that wasn't my intention. Somebody took me out and they were, and they took me on a blue because they, they were a ski instructor they, in previous, you know, iterations of their, their careers. And uh, they were like, you, you're ready. And so I went on a blue. It was amazing. Do I need to go on blues all the time? No. I like greens. Um, you know, I like the feeling that I know what I'm doing and that um, I can, you know, enjoy the mountain. I can enjoy these particular slopes uh, and not feel afraid and not feel like, I, you know, um, it, it, not feel I'm going to like yard sale. <laughs> By the way, if you don't know what yard sailing is, it's like when you fall and your skis come off, your poles are, they're all in different places. <laughs> oh, I did. Um, I experienced many times the helicopter, which is apparently when you fall, usually right under a lift so everyone can see you. And then, yeah. but you go like you're somehow spinning sideways. And so your head is facing down and your skis are above your head. That yeah. that's So we have the yard sale. We have the helicopter. <laughs> I'll tell you something. Here's the lesson in all of this. It's about losing the fear to fall because you know you can get back up and learning how to get back up. Yep. And smiling. Yeah. I love it. Mm. And you know, I think so many of us, when we try new things, we stop because it doesn't seem like we'll ever get it. It's hard, right? It's frustrating. Mm. But eventually it clicks. It really actually does click. You just have to do it a bunch. Yeah. yeah. Some things yeah. are quicker, but like skiing and mountain biking and surfing and the things that I've done with you that you've had to kind of, we both learned over the past few years, like they take some time and commitment. A lot of time. Yep. So I want to keep going, but you have like <laughs> all these meetings and photo shoots and more mountain biking to do and um, my God, I just love it though. I feel like you, I don't know. I'm just really grateful. I actually, I'm super grateful for my old employee, uh, teammate. Her name's Chris Grack Wilson. And she's the one when we were starting to really try to push this message of, you know, everyone can go move their bodies many years ago at skirt sports. She's the one who saw you. I love and her. Physical her. <laughs> I want her, her. She's the one. She stands for everything we're talking about. And I was like, send her everything we have. <laughs> um, and, it, and it was like, love at first sight. So that's how I feel about you. You are my soul sister. We are going to connect and I cannot wait to do that. We'll have to document our fun shenanigans this summer. Somehow. Yes, because they will be shenanigans. Yes, they will. And that is the only way to approach it, you know? Damn. Well, guess what? It's time for a nugget. Do you have one? Do I have a nugget? Um, the 200th official nugget. No pressure. Oh, wait. Hold on. Yeah, Let here me. it is. Here it is. I got it. I got it. Um, whatever you're doing right now, is where you you are supposed to be right now. And it's really hard to believe that, but there's always a reason why we are doing the things that we are doing right now. Is it the is it necessarily going to be beneficial to you? Um maybe maybe not. 
but you will learn and then you will move on. So like I, you know, even though I was in a bad place when I first got my injury, I was in a really bad place, but it was where I needed to be at that point. I needed to sit down. I needed to rest. I needed to rest my leg. And then that eventually opened up many, many doors of opportunity for me. So even if you're in a bad place right now, it's where you need to be. You can get yourself out of it. You can, if you need help getting out of that. <laughs> I don't know how to stop it, like I said. Um, you know, you'll, you'll find a way, you'll find a way. Sometimes it, you know, it takes other people lifting you up. Sometimes, uh, it takes, uh, some external factors to push you ahead, um, on your way. Sometimes you have it within you, but, um, just know that this is where you need to be. Tomorrow might be a different place. Um, the next day might be a different place, but just, you know, let's kind of sit with it and be in the moment, be present, take it all in. And do what you need to do to move on. I feel like it's been such a joy, one of your core values, to watch you live that nugget. Every day, every month, every year for you has been a process of letting go a little bit and opening up on the other side a little bit more. And uh, that's how I see you forever growing, forever evolving and forever helping inspire other people to do the same. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole. And thank you for being in my life. Guess what? This was successful. 200th episode live. I think this show is going live in the future. I don't want to do it any other way. Thank you all for coming in, for listening, for interacting. Um, I loved it. I love seeing your little faces on the screen and it just had a very different feel for me to be able to be putting this out there into the world live. Hey, anything can happen. Like we said, right. And anything happened. Magic. (laughs) The magical Myrna. Myrna, thank you. You're awesome. Can't wait to see you soon. Same. Love you and have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Okay, here we go. Wait. (laughs) It's a wrap. All right. Bye, everybody.